All right, everybody, we got a special treat for you today. It's Marine Corps Movie Minute with Jack. This is Brian. And we have a special guest today. Can you introduce yourself, sir? Hey, this is Pete Koch. And for you people that are listening that may not know the man's name, you're definitely going to know the character. This is the Swede, folks. Sweet, big, sweet, 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 sweet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Unarguably the biggest star in the film. <laughs> the biggest. I, I'll go. I'll, I'll go with that one. In terms <laughs> volume of uh, size, yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's a cool thing because we were talking about you know when we were um, doing the movie and stuff. This is one of the most memorable scenes. This is the one scene that people have. They may they may remember parts of the movie, but everybody remembers this specific scene. Like to the person, somebody who hasn't seen this movie in, in 15, 20 years, which again, it's, it's, it's hard to realize that this movie is, is it's a pretty aged film. <laughs> right. It's hold up well, but. I think it, well, the movie's held up well, and I appreciate that. And one of the reasons is that it's, it's, it's gained, um, and this, this goes back, it's really never stopped running on TV. And that's wow. because this place has found its way into the hearts of, of lots of, lots of folks around the world and that the movie tends to play around Memorial day, veterans day, 4th of July, these patriotic days. And it, it just, it just, and then it just keeps on circulating through Netflix and HBO and all these channels. And it's been, uh, and I'm proud of the movie. So it's been a blessing to me. And within the context of this movie that I was, I humbly played, was fortunate enough to be cast and played a small role. It it did it did have a few very memorable, particularly memorable scenes. And uh, and when Swede walks into the barracks, that's that's one of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's um it's an infinitely watchable movie. I mean, even if it's the last twenty minutes, it's one of those. It's like, oh shit, Hot Rick Ridge is throwing on. You know, it's a it's just a good movie. Yeah, we've actually introduced this movie through this podcast to a few younger people than ourselves and who maybe were vaguely familiar with it because their dad liked it or were aware of the movie, but maybe weren't as dedicated to it as, say, Perry and I are. (laughs) But they've said how, how, how good they enjoyed this movie, how much they enjoyed the movie, how not dated the movie is, considering it was, what, almost 30 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the movie was made about 30 years ago, and it's interesting that um, it was just a couple of years back that it that it occurred to me, a couple of years, maybe three years back, it occurred to me that three years ago, I was the same age as Clint was when he played Gunny <laughs> Highway, <laughs> which is, which is, I believe, 50, I believe he was 55, and I'm 58 now, so, of course, I was, I was 20 four when I made it. So, um, yeah, that's how, that's how things have changed. And to your point that, that this, this movie resonates with people and I, um, you know, it, it, it really became quite clear to me in the last decade with the emergence of the, you know, the ubiquitous power of, uh, Facebook. So, you know, social media in general, Instagram, and in my case, LinkedIn, because I'm, I'm quite active on LinkedIn and the business side of things. And uh, what, what became clear was that if I were just to post a picture of, um, let's say, me playing, I don't know how many people even know, but, you know, I, I played six years in the National Football League. 
as a defensive end for three different teams. And if I were to, and I spent most of my career uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and if I just posted a picture of myself playing, playing with the Chiefs, it would get a couple of, you know, a couple of responses and, oh, that's a nice picture, or yeah, I'm a Chiefs fan, or I'm a Raiders fan, or hey, you, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and that was fine, just, just a little bit of response, and it's kind of fun. And then one time, about 10 years ago, when this, all this social media stuff was pretty new, I, I thought, and I, I just had a, uh, had a picture of me. Uh, I thought to post a picture of me in the Swede character. And everything blew up. The response was, was incredible. I had no idea. I had no idea what, that so many people were so responsive yeah. to the character. And one in one area of all this, I want to tell you in the audience that um, I've come to feel responsible in a respect. I it's difficult to even venture a guess of how many people in the past, just to say the past decade, it's been more before social media. It was I'd get mail, sort of fan mail. There's, and I'm like, how the heck do people find out my address? There's actually, um, you know what I learned years ago, 15, 20 years ago, that there's, um, there's a, a, some companies out there that will sell. They, I don't know how they get it, but they, they find, and I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, a, I'm, I'm no big celebrity, but, um, but wherever I fit in as a B or C level celebrity, there's companies out there that will sell your address to folks. Eh, whatever. So anyway, I would get, you know, old fashioned snail mail saying uh, this, this, this weed played in, you know, such an important role in, in my life, the movie in general, and in particular, the Swede, could I get your autograph or whatever. But the, the, to circle back to my point where I feel a responsibility is so many people, thousands and thousands of men and some women have said to me uh, through social media, mainly that I joined the service i joined the military because of swede i believe it and uh, more times than not they say they say yeah more times than not they say the mil- they say the marines but it's but it's very often they say you know you just you just got me off the off zero because i was thinking of it and uh they end up joining the, the navy the army or whatever and um and it was and i am like if i'm if this many people out there God bless him. Um, it took not only took the time. I mean, how, who's got the time to write somebody they don't know an, a, a note? I, I I don't really do much of that. But but that so it tells me that there's lots more that think this way but didn't even write the note, and that our nation in in its hopes to um, have a a, a freer world, you know, and a safer world. We're at, we're, you know, we're, we tend to be engaged in military action all over the world all the time. Thankfully in the last few years, it's toned down a little bit under president Trump. It's been, it's been very little, but, um, but uh, people die, people in the military die. And I feel um, not, not in a bad way, but I, but I'm aware of a responsibility that I, uh, that I have in that respect and in, in that, yeah, in that way towards these people that um, anybody that signs up for the military is agreeing to put your life on the line uh, for this nation. And it, um, and it makes me feel uh, responsible and it makes me feel, um, makes me feel good about this country and it's, it's great citizens. Yeah, you should definitely be proud. I mean, cause I mean, 
somebody watch this movie and that character, and admittedly, you, it's, you don't have an abundance of lines, but what you had to say and, and how your character, because you had a pretty quick turnaround. You went from being like the badass to the badass Marine in a matter of uh, just a couple quick little things. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll wait outside for the, for the MPs and like, now get out there and be a Marine. And then you show up in the rest of the, the movie and you're the badass Marine. Like, Oh, it's like a very quick morality tale, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, yeah. but you, no, I, I, I agree. And I will tell you that from a technical standpoint, as we, as we shot the scene, there was a conversation, uh, Mario uh, Van Peebles who plays uh, stitch Jones is who's now a director and a very successful guy, very successful. Director. He's an actor. He's actually an actor too, but he believe you know, most of his career over the, decades i think it's been as a, as, a, as, a, as a director and he and, and he he was thinking very much like a director mario van peebles was at the time his father was a writer director of right. some acclaim melvin van peebles and stitch jones and uh or something stitch <laughs> jones but uh mar uh melvin said uh mario rather said uh well, it really is a quick turnaround maybe we could do just a wonder if there's a little more meat on that bone that we could add to the scene and he says um what do you think? And I said, I, listen, I said, this is the, only the second movie I've ever been in my life. I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say no to you because I'd like to talk to Clint. You want to talk to Clint? I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, rap to him. And, uh, and, and he, if a little while, uh, this is earlier in, in, or maybe the day before, you know, so there was time to think about it. You can't just do that. Like right at the, at the moment that you get ready to shoot the scene. So there was, it was, it was the day before. And uh, Mario says, can, hey, Clint, can we talk to you about something? He says, yeah, sure, what's up? And, he, and, and Mario says, I got this idea, this and that, maybe maybe change the fight scene, make it an extra step, maybe add an extra step to that, to dramatize it. And Clint thought about it, listened very in, intently, very, um, you know, really, really carefully. And he says, you know, I think there's some interesting ideas you got, Mar uh, uh, Mario. But really, I think we're just going to stick with it the way you know, I'm pretty happy with the way it is on paper right now. I think it's going to be cool. You know, let's just stick with that. But thanks. You know, thanks for your input. And that's pretty awesome. You know, I can, if I can just take that step a little bit further to show you the impact, because I, I like to give Mario credit and his deserved, deservedly. And so when we got to this, the scene and they we shot it chronologically. So they shot the guys in the, the Quonset hut, the, the, the boys, Mario just being kind of rowdy <laughs> and silly and wait till the Swede comes kind of thing and they shot that and i was just hanging out it was very it was 100 degrees that day it was very very hot very very hot in the oh Quonset yeah hut. and you know those things no air conditioning it's like sitting yeah in it's like trailer. an oven <laughs> yeah i don't know how anybody, how they, how anybody <laughs> lived in there so of course we shot that we, we weren't at camp lejeune in north carolina of course we shot it at uh, camp pendleton in san diego and it normally isn't even it's really close to the ocean for those that that don't know where camp pendleton is However, it was it was a heat wave. It was really unfortunate. Well, it was just it was, it was just it just made for everybody being yeah, miserable, hot. Yeah, really hot. And and as we're so we were Clint. So we took a little, and then Clint says, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna let's, let's shoot the next scene." And here's where here's where uh, Swede's gonna come in. And they move the cameras around and got the lights where they wanted. And Clint's now Clint's directing, which is very interesting. So he's. He goes from actor to director, you know, so now he's directing and he says, um, okay, so let's, let's just 
what called block this, which is which is this blocking means that you're gonna just go through the, the physical motions where you're walking, where you're gonna stop, where it is you're gonna say your line. If you're gonna walk from say a line and then walk over maybe and uh, and pick up a chair, whatever, and that's all called blocking. So we would sort of block this block this scene. So uh, I get there and uh, the cameras and and uh, Clint's there. He goes, okay, uh, Pete, come on, go ahead, come on. So I come in. And uh, then Mario says his line and, and Clint says, well, stop there, put a mark, you know, got a mark down on my feet that put a piece of tape and he says, okay, uh, go, go. And uh, I say, I'm going to rip your head off and that kind of thing. Hold it. Whoa. And, uh, and then Clint says, okay. And he looks at the camera uh, operator, the camera cinematographer. He says, okay, let's, let's put the camera right here. Let's put a lens, put a 28, 28 lens. He's doing the technical stuff at his end. Well, okay. Okay. And then, uh, and then he goes, what are you going to, and then you're going to, okay, you're going to throw a punch, right? Kind of thing, and then you the guys in the back, you guys are gonna laugh, 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 and then you're gonna throw a punch, and they're just, just doing a scene like this. And then uh, he says, "Okay, I think we got this. Let's go." And he goes, "Take, take, take five. So everybody, this is how basically movies are made. So every all the actors, you know, go and get in the shade someplace and just cool their heels for a few minutes, and then the guys set up the camera in the right place and the lights. Because again, we're doing a blocking without a camera. It's just Clint standing next to the the director of photography, and I just watching this. You know, 10 minutes later, later, the assistant director says, OK, guys, all your actors, come on in here. And um, the camera is like at the height of my chest. And then uh, Clint's standing next to it. So, Pete, we're going to we're going to do this scene, you guys, and you're going to walk in. The guys are going to say sweet, sweet, all this stuff. And you're going to come in and let's let's uh, and let's just we don't need to rehearse this, guys. We've got just straight. Right. And um, Pete, go outside. And then I'm going to say action and then you count to three and then come in and blah, blah. And he says, action, we do this. The camera's rolling, do the scene. And like I said, just imagine for a second, if you know, if you're familiar with the scene, just imagine for a second that the camera is at the height of my chest and I come in and the camera doesn't move <laughs> and it says right there. And I say, I'm going to rip your head, you know, do the thing. Takes a, you know, whatever that scene takes a minute and a half or two minutes, whatever it is. And then she's cut. And he says, ah, Clint says, uh, we stop right at the punch. You know, the camera cuts there because then they then I needed to build on that. And Clint, Clint goes, yeah, that's good. I think we got it. And Mario says, hey, Clint, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, wow, what's going on here? <laughs> like, we just did it. You know, I came in I, and I said my line, you know, and Mario says, "I'm not, just an idea, Clint. If you took the camera and placed it nice and low, real low, right, and then you start on a Swede's feet or whatever and pan up or just tip that camera, tilt that camera up with the guy. He's a monster. This would really Good scale. Right. And Clint goes, I like that. <laughs> hey, let's do this thing again. Right. Let's do it again. And get outside, you know, and they, and they made a blah, blah. They made a technical adjustment to the camera, shot it that way. We took, we did uh, two takes uh, you know, which only took five minutes to do two takes very, very quickly in a movie business. And the rest is history. If Mario doesn't just, I, I challenge you next time you see that scene, just to picture it with a static camera at the, the height of my chest and how different oh, yeah. the scene would be. Mario is, you know, I just want to <laughs> kiss him. Because <laughs> you know? he changed, he changed, I think he changed my life. Yeah, that's impressive. 
If I don't think it's the same, see, I don't think anything's the same if he if that camera doesn't move like it does and and really show my size. Yeah, no, that's just my my thinking on it, and I I just think it's one of the it's it's an important story in you know the I worked on that film for five weeks. It's been a blessing in my life, and of all the things, and I think Swedes in about six or seven scenes of all all that I went through shooting in Puerto Rico, all that stuff, that moment where Mario Van Peebles took it upon himself to say, hey, Clint, I got an idea. I hope you don't mind it. I, I, can, can I run it past you? Yeah, go ahead. And, and it takes two, right? And the other part is Clint says, yeah, I like it. Let's just try that. And it, it was, I think it made all the difference. Yeah, it's a brilliant move because I got the minute going as you're talking, just watching it over and over again. And what, what were you, six, 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 seven? Six, six and a half, yeah. And and Clint Eastwood, I think, is like six, four. Yeah, he's, he's all six, four, yep. You look like you tower over him, you know, as if I, if, like, if I was standing there in Clint's place and I'm like 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, and I mean, it it's, it makes you look so big. And I, I always joke that in any which way you can, when Clint Eastwood was talking about the guy he was going to fight and they were like, oh, he's a big guy. And he goes, yep, he's sizable. <laughs> I know. And that's how I always yeah. describe like you in that. Like William Smith, one of my favorite actors in one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite fight scenes, all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's I, I, I was talking to Perry about that recently about how, Everybody holds up the they live fight scene with Roddy Piper. Oh man. Um, and I'm like, my favorite, or at least right up there with it, is that fight scene in any which way uh you can. It's it's outstanding. <laughs> yeah, you you have no idea how much I love that movie and how much I keep bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a question for you though, Pete, about this scene. It, it's it's I appreciate all the technical stuff, but I'm watching the scene here and I I, I kind of laugh. <laughs> so I'm thinking now is Swede the character, not not Peacock the actor. When Swede walks in, it's impressive as all get out. But he's kind of comes from, um, you know, if you're looking at the screen, it's it's like it's screen right. He comes walking in from behind, and then kind of circles, and and that's when you know the the shot you just talked about is there. Um, you know, he he turns to his left. There's no door there, as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, we were, I think we were definitely fudging, fudging things there. Like, and that's of course that's movie making. But you know, the where entering one door and leaving another, like Stitch Jones comes out of the shower in an earlier minute, and then he leaves, and he's outside on the same door, but now he's out in the street. It, it happens. Uh, it's just <laughs> this is fun stuff yeah. we like to pick out and, and talk. You know, that's how we can go off roading and talk about where was Stitch Jones going. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking that we like to think that like because this was all a setup, clearly. To get you know for for Swede to punch Gunny and, and and give him his comeuppance and all that good stuff, so we like to imagine like the recon platoon Marines were kind of like yeah it's gonna be great Swede you just go back there just duck down duck down he won't see it <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like wait a minute I don't think there's a door there and I never thought about it until watching it about ten times in a row it's like wait a minute he's coming from nowhere <laughs> like a magic trick <laughs> yeah. but it's still that's it's such a great scene and the the Marines singing to Gunny. <laughs> uh, yeah. About hit the road, Jack. I can't hear that song anymore without thinking the of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's really so silly, right? 
It is, but it's and, perfect. And he, it is, and it and it and it and it and it, it 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 was demonstrating also that these guys were, in a sense, unified against uh, Gunny. I mean, just a group of knuckleheads. <laughs> and but we, but, you know, but we also know that, in a sense, you know, like that mob mentality. It's difficult to to manage it. I mean, uh, I've spent my entire you know uh, life from being a kid due to the fact that my 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 the kind of father that enrolled me in every team sport you know i'm a kid that that grew up in a in a blue collar uh neighborhood in new york and um you know things like tennis lessons or golf lessons it was impossible my parents didn't have money for that but but you know the idea it is and it's one of the great things about our society is like Anybody, everybody's got enough money for little league and, 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 uh, and, and football, youth football. And, and, and that's what I did. And I, the lessons I learned that served me very well was how to, how to get along with other yeah. people and how to get on the, the, and thinking on the same sheet of music, which, um, and, you know, getting it, getting a group of guys or gals, you know, working together and pulling, you know, pulling that rope the same way, which is what team sport is about. Um, it's so powerful, but, but, but if it gets, but if that type of a, a mob rule gets in the wrong hands with the wrong thinking, which happened to this this group of of guys, um, this this Stitch Jones led uh, <laughs> profile and all these guys were thinking the wrong way, and I, I think it's probably a, a bit of a stretch to think that things could get that far off track in a in a Marine Corps unit, but. You know, just it takes the most it's it, it's helpful most of the time to think of uh, movies in three acts, like a three act play. Most movies are written in three acts. And the first act simply shares with the audience that this is a group of guys that may be well intended, but man, they are really going. Uh, they're really thinking about things the wrong way due to a, a, la- a lack of yeah. leadership. And they're impressionable. These guys are young. You forget how young I mean, I'm going to say it. I was I was I was 24 when I made the movie couple of the guys in that group, a couple of the actors were, Mario was the oldest guy. I think he's four years older than me, but uh, that, that group of guys ranged in age from 19 to probably, Mario was probably 20, 28. And then, um, so what, it really was a, a, a young group of guys. And it, and it, and it's, it, it takes quite a thing to turn that around. And probably the beginning of the turnaround was you know uh, to your point i think uh, i think you told me that i swede enters barracks at a minute is it 52 yeah, 53 right 53 yep right so if you the movie's about about 150 minutes and so this is a transition from uh, the first act to the second yeah act. that makes sense yeah that's how that's how these things are done and and so any by the way anytime you watch a movie let's say i don't i would say 90% or more of all movies, pay attention to something that will happen around between minute 20 and 25, because that's a classic way that screenplays are written. Screenplays are written in such a way when they're shot that typically one one page equals one minute on on the screen. And so on page 20, it's about 20 minutes into a movie. That's about the way it works most all the time. So between um, something usually pivots and sort of spins off whether it's a comedy or a drama, uh, b- between uh, page 25, uh, 20 and 25. 
oh, then something can also pivot right in between the acts, right? So segueing between the first, second, third act. And by the way, some, some movies are written in five acts, but most three. I digress. <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen like the, the hints it, as we've been going through the movie minute by minute of how the Marines are starting to get on Gunny's side. Yeah. But they're not quite there yet. And I think when Gunny told Profile, don't, you know, don't give up, you can make it. Uh, don't give the prick the satisfaction. That mm. was that was definitely one scene. Mm. In what minute was that at? That was uh, let's see. I, but that was I was a really nice scene. I mean, you're pointing out something that's really it's 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 you know it's a scene that takes you know what twelve seconds and yet it's so yeah. important and yeah the that the performance is there really strong and it's really nice storytelling. Uh, great great point. We've seen a lot of these little hints, but of course they're not there yet. They still just want them gone. Because as you were saying about getting a mob mentality together, what Gunny's doing with these Marines in the movie is exactly kind of what they do in boot camp. It's you got 70 to 80 guys sometimes in one platoon coming from all walks of life who are coming from all different backgrounds and you're trying to make them all the same and they may not get along. Well, one way to get them on your, you know, all on the same page is to have them all hate the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Or, so, you know, you hate the DIs <laughs> and you're all, you're basically united against them. So, you know, you know, Gunny's kind of doing that. And obviously their intention is to use, you know, the Swede to run Gunny off the way probably they did the last guy. But it, it's funny that I think the fact that he stood up to Swede and of course, in the next minute, when he, you know, when he tells him to pick his chin up, <laughs> that's another minute where they're impressed with him. And then I think it's it's just a, a little past this when they do the, sorry, what is it called? The ambush exercise. Yeah, the ambush exercise where Gunny's like, I don't give a fuck what Major Power says. <laughs> My job is to keep you guys alive, and that's that's I think there when they. All right. Okay. Now really we're a unit, help. and we're yeah. And of course, the more they learn about him, the more impressed they are with him. But this this is another one of those transition scenes where all right, well, they weren't quite behind him yet, but they're getting there, and it's, yeah. they're impressed with him because I mean, it's pretty impressive too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, for Gunny, you know, he's an old guy, and he takes down this you know beast. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I said, to jump ahead a minute or two, that it's it's such a great scene. I love the. Pick up your chin, higher. <laughs> and just the 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 sound of that punch. <laughs> yeah, no. Just think of if if the writer had chosen or hadn't thought to add the word higher, the scene would go, lift up your chin, punch, and that would have been fine. I think I think a lot of people might have thought that's a good scene. We get we're telling that's. That's the story we're telling. But when he says, lift up your chin higher, that is an authoritative action. That is a that is putting underscoring bold letters, highlighting I'm in charge. All right. You're going to listen. And it was it was personalized to Swede. It was but it was also generalized to everybody that was obviously watching and listening <laughs> to that moment. And that's good writing. That's good stuff. It really, it's a detail, but the devil's in the details. And it was, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, you're breaking this 
this film down and it's it's fun this it, it is fun there there is um i love i love the movie business and, and equally making a tv show because it's uh because of the collaborative uh effort which um i've always been attracted to as a, a team sport guy uh i i've always thought that you know those individual sport people um you know sort of the tennis golf triathlon you know crew were just um there's a place for them but it's 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 different they they'll go they can have a terrific career or have a lot of enjoyment from their sport but and i and i golf and i love it but um but the 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 lessons that serve me in society uh, we're all you know mo- most all built through in a, in a team environment very important yeah yeah this is definitely a collaborative like I like Clint Eastwood, uh, just kind of separate. Uh, Clint Eastwood's my favorite actor. <laughs> and this is why this is one of my favorite movies. But Clint Eastwood alone doesn't make this movie. Every Marine in, in, the, you know, in the recon unit and the way he plays off of them is, you know, like that, that makes the movie for me as, uh, on an entertainment level. And then when we were going through doing just you know, it's one thing to watch the movie and just talk about the movie, which we do, but we did try to get a little background in the making of it whenever we can. And we found out that so many of the background people, uh, like uh, not background people, but so many of the behind the scenes folks have worked with Clint Eastwood forever. <laughs> and oh. and we were like, wow, I was, I was really impressed. Oh, yeah. Even if there was a few guys in these in the movies as quick little scenes, like one of the police officers was like he was he was like a script doctor for Clint Eastwood. And he's been on every you know every movie he's done for years and years, and and he gives him roles, little tiny roles in every movie. And I'm like, that's awesome. And and I think I've heard you talk on other interviews about people like to work for Clint Eastwood. He he's very uh, uh, it's an easy set. It's um, a collaborative set. Oh yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can tell you this that. So uh, two weeks before my first scene, I was to, uh, you know, of course, living in L.A. and I needed to. Um, they were shooting this film at, at Camp Pendleton, and they said, okay, that once I had, um, you know, been signed on uh, for this role, and so my agent says, okay, I've been talking to the casting people and the director, so here's the deal. So you're going to start your first um, scene is in, I don't know, it's like 12 days. You're, they got you putting up, putting you up with all the other actors at this, uh, this hotel in uh, San Diego and you'll be blah, blah, shooting in, in, in so here's what you need to do. You need to go over to Warner brothers uh, tomorrow at such and such time. And they're going to, uh, they're going to do wardrobe fitting for you. And they're going to cut your, and they're going to cut your hair. <laughs> so I get over there and we did the buzz cut first, you know, and that was, I never had that <laughs> hairstyle. <laughs> and uh, I was like, whoop, there goes all the hair. And I'm glad, and I'm glad I did it a little early. Cause you, you end up with like a funky uh, tan yeah. line, you know, because <laughs> this was the beginning of the summer. I think it was, I think that was May, April, probably April. So they, they go ahead and buzzed, buzzed me. And then they sent me over to, the wardrobe guy, Glenn Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. He's no longer with us. He was well into his middle age, probably. I believe he figured he was he was older than Clint. And 
he had such a great personality. He was the head, what they call head costumer, the head wardrobe guy. And there was a entire um, soundstage. If you, you got to understand how big these things are. And they do come in different sizes, but there was an entire, and I assume it's still there, an entire soundstage of just Clint Eastwood's that it's his. I mean, it's a production company. It's Clint's uh, Mal Paso Productions was nearby. So I'm on this huge soundstage and everything in there. I, I mean, if this is a, it's a museum of all Clint stuff. And I'll give you an example. Glenn Wright had this great big personality. He's wonderful. And I said, you have, have you worked on many movies with, with, with Clint Eastwood? And he looked at me. He goes, yeah, we go back to Rawhide. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you know, he, he he really started to make a name for himself in Rawhide. And then after that, he went and did a couple of movies in Spain with yep. Sergio Leone. And it really took off. But he and I hit it off during Rawhide. And he said, you know, I'm, I, I might get this thing going. He said, Glenn, I might get this thing going really good. And uh, you want to you want to you want to be my guy? He says, yeah. And he goes, I've done every movie, every movie. Um, he goes, I have a hell of a life because of Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's so cool. And by the way, here's one other thing. And um, I was just trying on some different stuff and hats. And I I was being a little bit, you know, of a snoop. And I just, there was a table nearby. I had a bunch of hats on it, Western hats. And I said, uh, wow, this looks so familiar. I know this hat. He goes, yeah, that's the hat he wore in Pale Rider. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I said, would you, would you mind if I pick it up? He says, no, nah, go ahead. Pick it up. Oh, that's so cool. Knock yourself out. And, uh, pick it up. and I said, you mind if I, I tried this on? He goes, go ahead. And I do not have a small head. I'm a big <laughs> man. I do not have a small head for those counting. Um, I'm a seven and a half. <laughs> and I, put, I thought I'd put a bucket on my head. <laughs> I mean, my eyeballs were uh, eyebrows, eyes, everything was covered. It, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Has the biggest head. You heard it here, folks. Uh, yeah. I, there. I said, I said, whoa, wow. And he goes, yeah, Clint's got a big head. It's a, it's a size eight, eight, eight and a quarter or something. Bonkers. And and I and I say that, and it's been it's I'm not the first guy to, to, to this is, say this, but uh more times than not, your movie stars out there have a very large head. It, they call it, it eats up the screen. <laughs> That's what they say. Think about that. It's so big, it dominates the screen. So if, it'll, it'll freak you out. But now every time you see a, a Clint in like, especially like in a two shot, his head yeah. is so much bigger than everybody else's. <laughs> I should have been a movie star then. He fit in perfectly with my family. <laughs> he got, he got one of them uh, Yeah. But there, but there was a whole just to get back to my my point. There was a whole, yeah. It was Clint's um standing, and and I'm and I don't and uh, and also his his stunt guy buddy Van Horn who's who's passed on uh was there and and he had spent a whole career. He had a he had a buddy Van Horn had a, a gigantic career. He directed films. He was a uh, stunt coordinator, uh, but he also did all the Clint stuff. And um uh again he and Buddy was uh, unusually big for a stunt guy so he was a perfect fit he was six four like clint and there was just a whole litany clint's uh stand-in like i said uh was a very very good resemblance height weight build eye color hair color very very good build because particularly you you particularly need a uh a, a stand-in it sounds so simple you know just gonna stand on the mark 
But you do really particularly need a stand-in in Clint's case because he's directing every yeah. all his movies. That's a good point. So if he wants to see and look through the lens of the camera to see a very close resemblance color-wise, posture-wise, of what he's going to look like standing there, um, it, 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 the, the Clint's um, stand-in worked a lot. And, um, and, and, and he said to me, I, I said, how long have you been with Clint? And he says, uh, oh, I go back to, uh, you know, I think, uh, Dirty Harry. Oh, wow. And, uh, I said, is, is it been a good ride for you? He says, let me tell you, he gives me a line or two in a lot of his movies, which he goes, I started out as an actor, but I wasn't very successful until I, and then I met Clint and he says, I'm going to use you forever. <laughs> and, and then he gives me a line or two so that, uh, I'm, I'm a SAG actor, but he makes sure that I earn enough money so that I always get my pension and my health benefits my, for myself and my family. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. By giving him a line. And, and uh, he's in tons of his movies. So Clint, Clint has a, a long, uh, beautiful history of doing that uh, for, 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 you know, for 50 years. Yeah. that That's awesome. And it just sounds, uh, I'm, I mean, he's, like I said, he's one of my favorite actors. Anyways, I'm glad to know he's a good guy. <laughs> you know, because sometimes, you know, it's like never meet your heroes type thing. So um, uh, I, I've always seemed to, I've liked both him in his movies and, and in his personal life. And I, it always, it makes me good, happy to hear stuff like that, that, you know, he's he's a good dude <laughs> and yeah. takes care of people. And, and I've, I've heard he makes his sets fun and relaxing and, uh, but, you know, obviously work. Yeah, That's I guess, it, go. I guess go it really helps too. Yeah, I guess it helps to endure yourself to the uh, to the movies when you know that the man making them is a decent, like, is a decent human being as well. You know, if he was a piece of shit, they'd be like, oh no, nah, I'm not. Uh, I don't like watch his movies because he's just a, you know, he's a turd. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, Clint made Clint made it very clear to me. He says, you know, I want this to be a place where people look forward to working with me, and that's going to uh, impact the quality of their work. It's going to impact the quality of my work and the people and the actors. I want the yeah. actors to be happy. I mean, how could you possibly be your best if you didn't like the set, if you didn't like the right. people you worked with? Um, and uh, which is to say that, you know, the other side of the coin was if people weren't willing to work, he, he held a high standard, you know, to these people that worked for him. And if they, they weren't up to that standard, you know, they didn't they didn't make the cut. But it, it's it's just a it's just a pure parable, I think, for life. Uh, if um, his reputation, his movies had, were set at a very high standard, he was. Uh, I guess the point is that he's um, he's a leader. Yeah, years and years ago, I had a I had a, this, this guy that I knew here in L.A., and he was in the struggle to be a director, just as it is, you know, any young person to make it as an actor or make it in the music business. And I said, "What do you, what do you, you know just." Why do you want to be a director? And he goes, I like telling people what to do. <laughs> I thought that was an absolutely horrible answer. Yeah, there's there's plenty of other things you could do in life that where you tell people what to do. Yeah, you'd be an office manager at damn Staples or some shit. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And 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 I and I thought like Clint would be an example of someone. I don't think he likes telling people what to do at all. I think he just understands it as a function of what he's you know, got to do to be the best that he can be. He has an obligation. I mean, listen, when you're directing a film, understand that somebody's giving you the car keys to a 50, 70, whatever, $100 million uh, business. They're giving yeah. you the car keys to that. Go. 
And that's, that's a hell of a responsibility. And I, I think tell, liking to tell people what to do is an immature response versus a, 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 a versus the maturity that, that Clint, we, Clint has clearly had, I think, throughout his entire career. Um, I had a just a quick question for you about you filmed this uh, during the off season, correct? Did filming interfere at all with with your you know um, training or when the start of the season? Or I, I was I pretty sure I thought I've read somewhere where they were kind of accommodating for you uh, as far as um, mm-hmm. you know maybe shuffling a few things around. Like, did it cause you to miss any? Any times or any scenes you should have been in that were maybe slotted for you, but you know, right right from the beginning, I mean, my agent was was having a conversation with me. He goes, man, I got you, I got, we got you an audition for a film, and they're being very quiet about what the name of it is or who's going to star in it. But it's over on the Warner Brothers lot. I think it's probably going to be something good. And he goes, but here's the dates that it shoots, and I know you got to go to training camp in Kansas City. Does this work? And we talked about it. And I said, no, I think that would, because it said it shoots into this. And I was, wow, it's going to be close. But yeah, it goes, all right, let's go, go. So I did the audition and uh, saw a room full of guys that, you know, the script reads six Swede walks in, six feet seven, 280 pounds. And, you know, I walked into this thing, I'm six, six and a half. And I was about 285 at the time, I guess. So, but you know, you know, but it's Hollywood. So there's 75 guys that give or take an inch or 10 pounds were, you know, I, I mean, it was a guy, I mean, guys, bunch of guys taller than me, bigger than me, wider, body, everything, bodybuilders, kind of fat guys. Some guys were more built like power lifters, some guys, long hair, some guys, facial hair, like, but everybody, I was about the average size guy, you know, but that's how much competition there is in Hollywood and I got a call back and the call back and they put it on uh, tape and they said uh, that was the old-fashioned like video recorders you know and I said um our director's gonna watch the tape he doesn't come in and meet people so much as he'll just watch this I said okay that's fine and so we're gonna do the scene so I did the scene I said, thank you very much and then uh two days later I got a call and said we'd like to cast Pete and so then when it really came down to the nuts and bolts of signing a contract and my availability. Uh, and I, t- I said, I have a hard out. I cannot be late to Kansas city. And I thought, Oh my God, don't let me lose this movie. Yeah, over that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that would suck. <laughs> it almost came down to that. And, and they said, you know, we do need you about five days longer than what you are available, but they, they want you. And I, and I really meant Clint wants you. So, he goes, what the, the story. so I was, there was one additional scene that I was in, the character was in that I had no dialogue, but it was in, um, and you wouldn't really know, notice it, but I wasn't there and, um, they wanted me there, but I wasn't there and they said, that's fine. And so I, I had my heart out and I split and went back to Kansas city and, um, yeah, and that was it. So I was, I was thankful that it worked out for me. Um, yeah, that way. It's very fortunate that that timing worked out just right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. But, well, I just keep watching this minute over and over as I'm listening to you talk. And I'm just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such an impressive scene. Uh, it's, it stands out because we were, like I said, we were kind of showing this movie to a few people who were maybe not as familiar with it. And, and one guy, he said he remembered as a kid. And he's, there's like the two scenes he remembers. And one of them is 
when Stitch Jones gets gets his ears up, get the earring ripped out by Gunny, but also <laughs> you know this scene. I mean, it's it's just yeah. it, as Perry said earlier, it's something. It, if people aren't even familiar with the movies, people at least known this have seen this because it's on. You know, like you said, it's on. You know, TBS. It's on HBO, and it's one of those movies for me personally that if it's on, as Perry already stated too. I got to finish watching it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's so good. And, and I don't know if I've stated this myself, but this movie was, had a big influence in my decision to join the Marine Corps. I was already leading towards joining the military service anyways, but the, watching this movie over and over, like I did, it was like, how can you not be a Marine? You know, I'm like, I could be yeah. a rock and roll star and a Marine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we always like to joke that, that this platoon is like the bad news bearers until Gunny whips them into shape and, you know, yeah. they, they, and they become the real thing. And it's, it's a, such a great movie. I mean, there's a reason we're breaking it down one minute at a time. It's, it's so rewatchable. There's a lot to pick apart. The dialogue is outstanding. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Clint Eastwood has got some of the best face acting that I've ever seen. Uh, just and even in this scene alone, his his silent rage where he's gritting his teeth and growling at them to get outside, which I, I also noted that, Pete, you were growling back at Gunny when, uh, <laughs> when you first did, which is great. It's, it's, it, you can miss it if you're not really paying attention. And it's just, a little, you know, it's like Gunny's in for it. Um, but it is, uh, you know, I don't want to take too much of your more of your time up. But is there is there anything else in general about the movie you want to cover? And of course, you know, if if you want to let the listeners know where they can find you, and if you have anything you want to plug too. Yeah, no, I think I think I think one I, th- I think one uh, rather interesting story that I became aware of, um, you know, early on uh, during you know production, you know, getting to know uh, and chatting with some of the producers. There was a guy named. Fritz Mains, who, who's no longer with us, but he was, uh, he produced the film and, uh, Fritz was in the, um, Fritz was in the, the, the Marines and, you know, and Clint, uh, did some service in the, the army, I believe. And this, this, the screen play was written as a, uh, for the army that all these, all these guys, all these characters were being the army. And the actual and historically correct, the, 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 the action, the military action that was taking place that's featured in the movie in, um, in uh, oh, I'm forgetting it now, the uh, Grenada, where they, they, they write that was a military action that uh, freed these medical students, uh, Americans, mostly Americans, but from other countries, too, that were being uh, sort of held hostage in a, in a Caribbean in a medical school there in, in Grenada. And by the way, I had somebody reach out to me on um, social media last uh, last year that said, hey, I love the movie Heartbreak Ridge. I was one of the, I was a medical student oh, wow. there <laughs> in the actual moments in history. And he, he's been, a, and here's the guys in his 60s now. He's a doctor. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, so what happened was the, uh, the, the, the producers from uh, producer, uh, 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 took the uh, script to uh, send it to the Pentagon, and uh, as, as it works in, in, in the movie business, uh, asked for their blessing uh, on this on this movie, and the uh, Department of the Army rejected it, and uh, due to the uh, 
language and whatever they just sent they sent the uh, the folks at uh, Clint's production company uh, a no, which surprised caught them off guard. They they were already going into pre production, and so they said, well, what are, what are we going to do? Plan B. Let's go to the let's go to the, uh, the the Marine Corps, and they they went back to the Pentagon and talked to the folks over at the uh, the generals over at the the Marine Corps, and uh, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll get behind you on it. So it's a, there's some, you, we have to take some factual yeah. uh, liberty <laughs> yeah. there on that. But I think the big winner was the Marine Corps, yeah. <laughs> you know, from, a, uh, from, a, uh, from all, everything I've ever heard over the years, from a recruiting standpoint to a publicity standpoint, and, and, uh, publicity standpoint. So I'm happy for that. I, I've always had a special place. I never served, but I have a special place in my heart, not only for all military, but probably um, a little bit more uh, warmth, a special warmth for the uh, Marine Corps. And I've had the chance to, to connect with so many uh, active and, and prior uh, Marines. And um, and I, I appreciate it. And, and for anybody listening who wanted to uh, connect with me, whether you're, we're in the service or not, um, I'm pretty easy to find uh, across social media. Best is... Um, is IG, Instagram, and it's just uh, P-E-T-E-K-O-C-H, Pete Koch. And uh, I love to hear from people. And uh, if you're if you're in the business world, uh, Pete Koch on, on LinkedIn, I, uh, I post mostly uh, the same things, but uh, obviously a little bit of a different, uh, different, different crowd there on LinkedIn. But um, that's how you can get a hold of me. Yeah. And it's been, uh, it was really my great good fortune and pleasure to be cast by Clint Eastwood and Heartbreak Ridge. It's made a um, uh, 100% positive um, uh, impact on my life. And, you know, really, uh, whatever, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was really about 10 years ago when it really became abundantly clear through social media, mainly how much of an impact this movie's had on so many and the sweet character in particular. I've sort of you know, recommitted myself to um, uh, the appreciation that I've always had, but really appreciating all the, the good that uh, are the, the very much uh, good around the world that our, our military does to keep us safe here as, as Americans and to uh, and, and really look out for a lot of people uh, around the world. And I'm very proud of that in my association with uh, with uh, the Marine Corps in particular. I mean, we can't thank you enough for coming on and just sharing oh, some man. stories uh, about the filming. I mean, as I've said, this is one of my favorite movies. It, it definitely has been an influence on my decision to join the Marine Corps. Um, so I, I, we know plenty of people that have had that same that same impact that you were just describing. We know personally people who who feel that same way. It, it's it definitely was a recruiting tool for sure <laughs> for the Marine Corps. It, it's it's almost like their equivalent of Top Gun as far as here is a kick-ass movie, features Marines, and you know, it's it's so many people have been influenced by it, love it. Um we we've we've talked to plenty of people, especially not only just in our own personal life, but then also now doing this podcast and reaching out to people we've never reached out to before and we're we're getting a lot of feedback about, oh, I love this movie and you know, just, just everything. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, we, we totally get it. Why people would be reaching out to you directly, um, and, and saying that because it's, it, I mean, it's, it's true for us <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's, and yeah, right. I mean, so, I mean, it's such a 
good movie, a good role. Um, again, you know, appreciate you coming on and, and letting us, you know, pick your brain a little bit about this movie. We talked about the movie in general, but you know, we are going one minute at a time. And this scene is, is just one of the most iconic of this movie, probably the most iconic of this movie. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, there's a lot of great lines and, and <laughs> that we use to this day, but this scene itself is like, if you're going to show somebody what this movie is like, they just, just to give them a little snippet, it would be this minute the and scene. the next minute. Yeah. This yeah. scene of, you know, cause even the yeah. pick up your head higher, boom, punch. And then, <laughs> Oh, I'll wait for the MP, sir. Negative. You're going to be a Marine right now that, that, <laughs> you know, and then your confusion of like, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, that's show demonstrates Clint Eastwood character. He's, he's, you know, these guys are, even they turn right there and they're like, Oh, we'll check you later, sweet. And they, they fall out. They listen to Gunny that that should just demonstrates what kind of a character he is, but it gives you a bit of the humor and it gives you a bit of the action. It's, it's really the perfect scene to, yeah. to encapsulate the whole of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and again, cannot thank you enough for coming on. And oh, no, this is the highlight of my week or actually, hell, it's the highway. It's the way 2020 is going. This is the highlight of my year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Although, yeah, it's not really a high bar at that point, so you know, <laughs> don't, you know, don't assault them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing it. I love following you guys on uh, on on Instagram and, and this uh, minute by minute breakdown of Heartbreak Ridge. I love it. I appreciate you for it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, no, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you being even you know joining us and and. Uh, yeah, I mean, Perry, do you, I mean, unless you got anything else. Nah, I don't want to hold this man up. Yeah. Well, I'll just do a quick little, before we wrap it up, just, you know, once again, remind everybody to uh, join us um, next minute for minute 54. And we'll just, we'll deal with that um, uh, next time. And once again, uh, thank Pete Koch, the Swede, for joining us and sharing some stories and and some background for the movie and perry of course thanks for for joining us as always and oh man yeah this is uh this was awesome <laughs> i uh, i don't have a an outro line this time so we'll just we'll just say thanks and we'll, we'll wrap it up <laughs> thanks man all right thank you Hey, Pete, I got a real quick question for you that's unrelated to the movie. Mm-hmm. Did you ever spend some time in North Carolina? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I had a, uh, I had a, um, a CrossFit gym. Okay. And I had a partner. And the reason I, I you know, here I am in L.A. And, and uh, the reason I had, a, I had a partner, and it was a, a woman friend of mine. And, and I thought, I knew I was never going to completely leave LA, but, um, you know, she's, she was a fitness pro like me and we put our heads together, you might say, and our resources. And, um, again, this is, this is 11 years ago and we, um, we opened up a little CrossFit box as they, as they call them in the business. We operated that for about a year and a half and I ended up just, I wanted to get back to LA. And uh, so had that experience there. My partner, she ran it a little bit longer and sold it. My partner and um, 
in that gym. She, uh, years ago was, you know, years before I met her, she was married to a Marine. Long story short is, and, and she's a, got her, her master's in exercise science. And when she, you know, so I guess going back like maybe 18, 20 years, um, she was a Semper Fit instructor at, oh. um, at Lejeune and I, and I think Cherry Point for a time. Yeah. Okay. How about that? So. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I remember they made us do that one time for PT and it about killed us all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pregnant lady that was doing it too, man. I was like, God, won't your water just break? <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. She whooped yeah. our asses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and you know, it's funny when you think about it is, is actually, I don't know how much into the fitness side you guys are, but the, uh, the, you know, the Marine Corps was an early adopter to uh, CrossFit. Really, before it was known to the mainstream, the guy that created CrossFit as a sort of not only as a brand but as a as a fitness philosophy, he sold his ideas to the uh, the the, um, the police and the military, the firefighters, and you know first responders, and, and said, "We need to keep you fit in a functional, you know, usable, practical way." And the Marine Corps bought into that. And so they they um, they certified at that time their Semper Fit or not Semper, what do they call them? Um, yeah, Semper Fit, right? Uh, yep. Instructors, you know, that way. So the, the workouts are damn hard, and and uh, and, that, and that's because it has a foundation in in cross training and, and CrossFit. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, it, it yeah. makes sense that they would utilize it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they were doing stuff in boot camp similar to that long before they did these like log things where a whole, like a whole squad would pick up a log and lift it over their head from one side to the other. And it's, it's a lot of torture. It was a yeah. lot of torture. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they didn't do it for fitness. They did it because they didn't yeah. like us. <laughs> yeah, they get you guys working together. I know I've got a, I've got a buddy that recently retired from uh, 23 years as a seal. And, and he spent a lot of his time with the seals as a uh, instructor, as a, a buds instructor, and uh, he wrote a he wrote a book and uh, a photo book. He took you know clay, he was clever. He was a photographer, and during the span of these twenty years, for about ten of those years, he just he got permission from the Pentagon, and then he just took tons of pictures and he made it into a book. And carrying those logs and the boats on her head and all that stuff, and it's and I know it trickles down all through training uh, in the military. It's absolutely awesome stuff as a you know, with my football background, um, team building and all that, I get it, man. A hundred percent. So important to succeed. So we're talking about everything we can break ridge now. So we're saving it. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, I could talk about fitness all day. So.